0: What's going on, Seahawk fans? This is Robert English, your SoCal Seahawk. And thank you for joining me on the opening edition of Short Yardage. Did I I almost forget the name of my own show? Short Yardage. Um, This is the new season, 2019, and the Seattle Seahawks are 2-0. 2-0. Who would have guessed that our Seahawks would be 2-0 uh going into the third week of the season and to be completely honest um things are looking pretty good things are certainly not looking down uh when you consider where we are as a team and what we have ahead of us um uh, things are th- th- things look things look pretty positive things look pretty positive we've come out of the first two weeks of the season um fairly healthy and um and you know with the schedule looking favorable um, <laughs> this could be this could be a big deal but it's been a long off season there's been a lot of changes um you know and uh from from rules to rosters and everything else um but we're back football is finally back and so am i and um how about these Seattle Seahawks um in two weeks we've uh played two games that were closely contested um call them hard fought uh but coming out with the w when it's all said and done um and you you're not gonna you're not gonna get mad at that um you know one of the uh one of the old adages is that there's there's no extra points for style right you don't get any extra points for doing it for doing it cute um and for the first two weeks of this season, the Seahawks have managed to win two um, ugly games. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of mistakes, a lot of uh, uh, things that we had to overcome, but did nonetheless and uh, came out the victor. And in, uh, in two games, one on one at home at the Clink, and the other on the road in Pittsburgh, which was this past Sunday, where we have not won in some time. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, we've been shut out the previous two times that we've been to pittsburgh um so apparently Heinz Field is no good for us um but we came out of there uh, on top um uh on sunday uh just to recap a bit uh, the previous week week 1 against cincinnati at the clink um we had um a, a showing that was certainly um you know lefts left a lot to be desired um from missed assignments and poor poor uh, poor play by the offensive line uh which is something that we are still going to have to uh address. Um Russell Wilson was running around for his life in that game. Um uh the running game was very reminiscent of a particular playoff game uh that I don't want to talk about last season's Dallas playoff game, but um you know, we, we did what we had to do to win. We did what we had to do to win. Unfortunately, we let Andy Dalton look like uh, he was a superstar throwing for 400 yards against our defense. Uh, but, you know, I have to try to remember to be objective. This is not the Legion of Boom. So every once in a while, you're going to get somebody to throw for 400 yards on you. Um, you know, would I'd like to, like to have it be somebody other than Andy Dalton. You know, somebody who's a little more about that life, I'd say. But, um, you know, again, when it comes down to it, we won the game. Jadavion Clowney, recent pickup. Um, welcome to Seattle, Jadavion Clowney. He has come out and been a force for this defense. Um, and I said before, before, the, before game one, Jadavion Clowney is going to be a force because he's Jadavion Clowney. But even if he's not making the play, him being on the field, simply being on the field, uh, is going to be a big deal because the offense has to account for him. Then you have to, you can't not account for Jadavion Clowney or he'll, he'll, he'll destroy you. He'll, he'll destroy you. Um, and that's happened. And he's in a, and Jadavion has been in, is in a system now that he's never been in before where he's on a rotation. Jadavion Clowney has been a, a more of an every down defender um, in in his career. And now he's in the Seahawks system where you're really a rotational player. And which is great because, when you when you have the ability when you have the, the 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 personnel to really have a true rotational system um that just means your guys are fresher longer you got guys out there that are uh, that are rushing the quarterback um that are on you know legs that have only played a half a games worth of snaps um so that's going to bode well for us and then uh Ziggy Ansah when he gets back um this is going to be a a defense to be reckoned with how about the game on Sunday, though, against uh, the Steelers? Um, the defense played well. Um, held uh, Ben Roethlisberger to, I think, like thirty yards passing or something like that. It was, it was, uh, it was a very uh, pedestrian effort by Roethlisberger. Now, Roethlisberger didn't end up going out of the game with a with an elbow injury, um, and it looks like he's out for the season. Um, but the young, the young quarterback came in and, um, Mason Rudolph, uh, came in there and, um, you know, really kept Pittsburgh in the game. Um, you know, they, they weren't able to pull it off in the end, but he came out there and, um, you know, held his own. He, he didn't, he did not look like the job was too big for him. He stepped up to the plate, uh, made some great throws, scored some points. Um, I I was actually quite worried at one point, you know, like, are we going to have this opportunity to, um, take advantage, uh, of, of, a you know, a young quarterback who has, has no field time in the, in the NFL. And are we going to waste this opportunity to, to, to get a two game jump on the rest of the league? Um, but, uh, lo and behold, uh, we, we, we came out of it on top. Uh, the running game finally showed up, um, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny uh, have been great and not so great uh, throughout these first two weeks. Um, Rashad Penny is is really starting to concern me, and by concern, I'm just I I I know what I expect from the running game. I feel like I expect. Um, there to be positive yardage on running plays. You don't have to get seven yards or 10 yards or 20 yards each time you run the ball, but I expect positive yardage. Um, The offensive line has shown that it is at least a good enough blocking, run-blocking offensive line for Chris Carson to go out there and get positive yardage. Chris Carson rarely takes negative plays. That doesn't seem to be the case when Rashad Penny is back there. I feel like Rashad Penny takes a lot of negative plays. Um, and I don't know if it's because of indecisiveness behind the line of scrimmage or um or or what exactly it is, or maybe we just put him in on passing downs where the it's the game, the, the play is just not blocked up um as good as it should be. And maybe it's just happenstance that he just ends up being the one blown up every time. Um but it still happens to him. And every time I get ready to say, you know what, I'm not sure this uh, Rashad Penny, as great as he was at San Diego State um, and everything, maybe he's just not that guy. Then he does something crazy, like bust a big run uh, like he did at Pittsburgh on Sunday um, and just totally redeems himself. (laughs) So uh, between the two, um, uh, you know, we we had a decent, uh, decent running game. Um, On Sunday, uh, Russell Wilson, his ability to run the football. Russell Wilson used his legs late in the game to really save that game for us. Um, uh, but, the, you know, one way or another, the running game worked out. However, the passing game was big in Pittsburgh. Um, 35 passing attempts. Uh, that, that That's that's quite a bit for a Seahawks offense. Um, Tyler Lockett got into the game this week. Uh, only two targets last week. Um, And uh, he had 10 catches on Sunday against uh, Pittsburgh. So that was huge. And what more can be said about DK Metcalf? I think DK Metcalf is slowly or maybe not even slowly, but surely proving that he's going to be a force in this league and he's going to be a force on this team. I think DK Metcalf has big things in his future um and if we have you know the with with the cast of receivers that we have right now we have Tyler Lockett who's you know our our you know our our air apparent number 1 um and he's dynamic you know he's smaller um you know so we have we have the Shifty the Shifty guy and then we have DK Metcalf who's big and strong and fast who can take the top off we have options in the passing game low you to sleep with the run and go over the top to either one of those guys this is going to be this is going to be huge and we're already 2 and 0 we're already 2 and 0 starting off the season 2 and 0 i mean what do they say i think if you go 0 and 2 in your first uh, two games Your percentage of making the playoffs is down to like isn't like forty percent or something, or maybe it's even lower. Um, But two and zero, I'm not even sure what the numbers are for percentage of making the playoffs if you start off two and zero. But you can't, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't be mad at it. You can't shake a stick at it. Two and zero. We now go uh, back to the Clink to play a Drew Breezeless New Orleans Saints team at the Clink. We stand a very decent chance of going through the first three games of the year th- uh, and being 3 and 0 to go into to go into the Rams game okay on October 3rd 3 and 0 will be huge will be huge the Rams do not look as powerful as they did last year they simply don't. Now, the Rams are going to play the Browns um, uh, at the Browns next week. And you have to probably go ahead and just say that they're probably going to win that game, right? Um, however, they they didn't beat Cam Newton's Panthers, um, you know, very convincingly. Um, and if it weren't for the referees somehow finding a way to give the game to the Rams again, uh, against the Saints. I mean, how does that happen two times in a row? In two completely different seasons. The Rams, the, the refs gave the Rams a game in the playoffs last season. And they gave the Rams the game on Sunday when um, Jared Goff was hit and the ball fumbled forward. Fumbled, mind you. It was not an incomplete pass. It was obviously a fumble. And... Um, Cam Jordan picked that ball up and ran it back for six points. Now, granted, the game was won by more than six points or more than a touchdown, but that would have changed the face of the game right there at that moment. That would have changed the face of the game. I mean, how do you... (laughs) I just don't see how this keeps happening. Every year we go we, they go back into the smoke field room and they talk about the rules and how they're going to get this stuff right and then every year they come out and they blow it. They blow it. You know, and I granted they went they went back and they reviewed the play and see the the refs the refs uh, screwed this up. Now, if any anyone who saw it You know, you'll know the refs are the ones that screwed this up, even with the review and getting it back because they they called it an incomplete pass. It was called an incomplete pass. So when you call the play incomplete, the ball is dead. Now, when on the play that appears to be a fumble, what the ref should do is let the play play on. If it appears to be a fumble, let the play play on. If If there's even any question that it might have been a fumble, let the play play on. And then review it. You can always go back and review it because if you let the play play on, Cam Jordan picked the football up, ran it back for a touchdown. That's a scoring play, which means it's automatically reviewed anyway. So neither coach would have had to waste a challenge or anything like that. So let the play play on. And then you review it if the ball was actually coming forward with the in with uh, in in the hand of uh, of Jared Goff, then reverse it give the ball back to the Rams and it's second down or whatever down was next. but no, the ref called the play incomplete, blew it dead. So when the play is blown dead, regardless of what happens on a review, it's still a dead ball. You cannot give continuation after a dead ball after uh, uh, after review. So the only thing the Saints got was the ball. Right there at that spot, terrible field position. They got the ball in terrible field position. So and unfortunately, you know, they they weren't able to to uh, you know to muster up any offense to get themselves out of that out of that hole, and they didn't you know do much throughout the rest of the game either. Now, one might say, well, hey, that so they got one more touchdown, they still would have got beat by you know however many points, but maybe not. That changes game plan. That changes the whole face of the game. So anyway, the Rams are 2-0. The Seahawks are 2-0. And lest we not forget, the San Francisco 49ers are 2-0. Let me say that again. The San Francisco 49ers are 2-0. And not only are they 2-0, but the team that we just barely squeaked by in week one. The 49ers made easy work of the Cincinnati Bengals. Easy work. It wasn't even a game. It wasn't even close, really. It wasn't close. So that kind that begs the question, okay, what's what's going on in the NFC West? And frankly, is the NFC West the best division in football? The NFC West is by by a a, a a large number has more wins than any other division in football 6-1-1 6-1-1 one one. One one. right now the NFC West is the best so in some ways that makes you feel good that your team is undefeated in the best division in football now we haven't played each other yet that's coming It kind of gives you a little bit of uh, a little bit of, you know, understanding if your team doesn't make the playoffs or your team doesn't have the year you wanted to have. And you say, hey, well, hey, we play in the best division in football. But should we win some games? That's that's a lot to stand on. That's we we can we can uh, we can tip our cap to that. We can we can toot our horn to that. So the NFC West right now is the NFL's best. And we'll see how long that keeps going. We got the Saints next week. And then we got the Rams. That's the game right there. The Rams, I was saying before the season started that for the Seahawks, who were the assumed second best team in the division uh, right after the Rams, I I might even say 1A and 1B rather than 1 and 2. Um, But uh, the division was going to come down to... The series between the Seahawks and the Rams, but the 49ers have entered the conversation at least until you know next week at least until week three. Give them week four. you know, the first quarter of the season is really when you start making decisions about who somebody is and what they're going to be, what their potential is and um so you got to got to give them that you got to give them that much time. but the NFC West, the 49ers. can't believe it. Hey, this is just the first show of many this season. Got a little bit of a late start, so I'm mashing up week one and week two into one show. But moving forward, we will do these shows weekly. Make sure that you check us out on Seattle Sports Union, seattlesportsunion.com. Uh, Seattle Sports Union on Twitter. Uh, that's at Seattle Sports Union on Twitter and at, at Seattle Sports U on Facebook. Um, Seattle Sports Union on um, on uh, on net. No, I almost said Netflix. <laughs> on YouTube. Check us out. Uh, Abraham DeWeese and the gang um, giving our uh, unlicensed professional opinions on the Seahawks and the rest of the NFL. Check us out. Obviously, stay tuned and subscribe to me here at shortyardage.podbean.com. Add the um add the RSS feed to your favorite podcast app and um like Apple Podcasts and um and subscribe and stay tuned to it. That's going to be it for today, but we will catch you next week after the Seahawks make light work of these uh New Orleans Saints, and I'll uh, be back on, hopefully, pregame. We'll see if I can get get something going uh, before the game. But I will talk to you later, folks. This is Rob Linger signing off. Go Hawks.